Bases loaded. Two out. Hard hit into right. Back at the wall. Tie game! Big Poppy! The Grand Slam! This is our fucking city. Hey, Jerry. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Uh, nice game one today, Julian Zavaris. <laughs> I, just, I just fell off the table, that's why I'm laughing. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Welcome back. Brand new episode of the Obstructive View Red Sox podcast, our first show in a couple of weeks. It is November 1st, and we are officially kicking off the offseason. It's hot stove, early hot stove. We're going to get into some of those topics, uh, World Series, a few others. But before we do that, going to go around the horn, introduce the guys. We have a um, full show today, except for Steve. Eventually, he'll come back and be a guest on our show. Um, but first, we have uh, we got Miggy. Miggy, what's going on? What's up? It's cold out here. Yeah, it's a long time since a Red Sox recording, but that'll uh, that's going to change beginning tonight. Uh, Jamie, we got Jamie here down in South Carolina. Let's go Sox. They're just sports at this point in general. Bruins. Let's go Bruins. And then uh, making his uh, Red Sox podcast debut. We have Nick. Nick, what's going on? What's happening, everybody? Great to be a part of the awesome Red Sox edition here of the podcast. Definitely looking forward to some Red Sox chat. It's been uh, it's been too long for us as a group to talk about the Sox. We've had a couple of podcasts that have dropped under the the Sox sex Sox specs <laughs> banner. <laughs> well, that, that, that's another whole area if you want to go on that front <laughs> yeah that's a whole other uh recently paid the, service <laughs> recently the Sox specs red Sox podcast had uh red Sox right-hander josh winkowski make sure you go over to apple Podcasts and type in Sox specs and it will pop up it's a green logo with the red Sox uh logo in there uh check out the winkowski episode it's about 35 minutes a lot of really good stuff uh he talks about the pitch clock uh the other rules uh coming into the league coming into 2023 kind of where he stands on that uh clarify some comments on Wrigley Field the Yankees lineup really a whole bunch of stuff really interesting conversation with uh with Josh Winkowski and then um for some reason I can't get Apple to unpublish the pod that was posted in error so it you literally hear me say on the show I'm going to edit this out and then I don't edit it out, but it really was edited. But for some reason, Apple won't delete that recording. So we'll be better next time, but check out Sox Specs. But before we get started on the Red Sox itself and the offseason, the World Series is underway. Game three being played tonight. Um, Phillies and the Astros are tied at one game apiece. Um, just to kind of get some quick thoughts on the series so far. Guys, like, what do you what do you think? Has it kind of lived up to what you thought it was going to be? Um, do you think it's going to go seven? Well, what do we think? We'll start with us or Nick. Uh, first and foremost, has anybody done a wellness check on Heim Bloom? 
Yeah, he's a Phillies fan. He better be. Getting the uh, 101 treatment there from Mr. Dombrowski. And then that man that should have been here, they had to figure out a reason to keep him. And it's too bad that you're seeing Kyle Schwarber put up these numbers and everything with the Phillies. But they look like a wagon right now. Bryce Harper, I mean, look at the numbers he's put up this postseason. It's like Poppy-esque. It's special to see that. And I've never been the biggest Harper guy. I think he... I think he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder from everything. I think I'd love him if he was a Red Sox. It's kind of like a love-hate relationship and everything. But I, I, the only good thing I can root for really on the Astros is probably Christian Vasquez. That's it. Everybody else, it's like I, I just can't, I can't fully be on board with an Astro. Sorry, Miggy. Sorry if I broke your heart. Sorry. But I am going Phillies. Phillies for me. I, I actually going to say in six. Phillies in six. Miggy, I like it. Miggy, really quick though, there's a picture that's over your shoulder that is on the wall. What is that? That's a little picture of Kobe. See, I I thought it was a topless chick for a second. Because <laughs> you can't really tell. You just kind of see like from the all right. Um it doesn't look like Kobe either. It is. The beautiful tape job though. I like how you have that up there take your word for it um <laughs> well i guess while you got the floor miggy world series from your perspective down in texas um you know you said you were rooting for houston is does that still stand are you rooting for the astros and do you think the astros are going to be able i mean the phillies look red hot right now the phillies do look good bryce harper is him i'm starting to go for the astros because i don't want to switch up midway through i feel like their starting rotation has kind of underperformed uh, we saw JV have that explosion that was like the fourth inning the other day. Lance McCullers is just getting shelled tonight. <sighs> I don't know. I feel like I haven't, I haven't really paid that much outside of Jeremy. Hey, hey. Um, I mean, I know Altuve started off cold, so I don't know. I feel like Houston's still going to make the – I would probably go and flip it and say, though, that I think that both starting pitchers – um, I mean, both starters for both teams to kick off the World Series. Like, Verlander started out hot, and then he just kind of fell apart in game one. Yeah. Um, Zach Wheeler got punched directly in the mouth by the Astros the following day. I mean, today, you know, it, it, it seems like one starter for whichever team looks – solid and then when the other guy like McCullers right now he just looks bad I mean he's just literally turning his head and watching the baseball fly out of the bank right now like that's all <laughs> that's all he's doing he's just whiplashing back and forth um but they still, they still have them in too Jamie where where do you stand right now with the World Series it's been fun to watch I mean we had the Phillies come back in game one like they've done all year um and then, you know, Houston take the next game. It hasn't failed. It's been electric to watch, especially Harper. Um, and just seeing the Philadelphia crowd kind of react to that, it's been, it's been fun to see. Um, Phillies fans have been waiting for that for a long time. And I like how the underdogs are taking control. So I'm going, I'm going Phillies in six. I like the underdog, you know. Philadelphia, not the best city, but um, they know how to party. And really. it's, been, 
like what 09 08 so it's been a good 10 12 years you just so, enjoy seeing them play dancing on my own you know what it hurts but if it makes the people happy we go with it it's just, i just like how you know it's kind of like the braves last year no one expected them to win just based off you can if you compared win totals um and they're fun to watch right now and houston, houston needs this though to get over the whole cheating scandal they do right houston now just really needs like, this one. i just think like the phillies are the team of destiny right now yeah but there's still lots to go in that series and the astros are a really good team so it's gonna be fun i don't think it's it's gonna go at least six games though i don't see anything less than that Here's what I would say about the dancing on my own would be is make the postseason and then another team can't use your song. I mean, for Red Sox fans, I think it's the stupidest thing I've been seeing on social media is that the Red Sox fans just kind of crying and complaining. Can we just do me a favor? Can we just stop crying and complaining for five minutes? Can we just not go to Twitter and find something to complain about as a Red Sox fan for like five minutes? That's all I'm asking for. Just five minutes on the timeline where you just don't have something to complain about because God knows when they don't re-sign Xander Bogarts, Twitter, Red Sox, Twitter is going to burn to the ground. So give me the five minutes before that happens. So we'll go right into the, uh, we'll go right into the hot stove. Now (coughs) this is literally favorite time of the year. My favorite free agency of all is baseball free agency. Even though the last couple of years it has been, like snail's pace with a lot of these signings. You're not getting guys signed until like January, February. Different circumstances, though, have kind of contributed to that between lockout, COVID. There's nothing right now. This is this is going to be Bloom's first full, true, normal. And I put normal in quotations, but off-season. Rafael Devers looking for the extension. Xander Bogarts is going to opt out. J.D. Martinez, what do we do with him? Nathan Evaldi, Michael Waka. So I want to start with I want to start with Devers. Now there's been a lot of chat back and forth between the reporters in the Dominican indicating that the Red Sox and Devers are working towards a long-term deal. Numbers were exchanged. The beat writers are saying kind of the opposite that numbers weren't exchanged some are saying that it was just more of a meeting for Rafi's birthday and then that turned into a joke about going down and about having birthday cake and ice cream and everything else before I ask you guys I really think that both sides have info that's right like I think the Dominican guys they they they're clearly talking to people, but I think more so the Rafi side is Rafael Devers being kind of frustrated that he hasn't gotten the offer that he's looking for. So I think he's having his guys kind of yap a little more. And they're going to these other guys, the Hector Gomez's, the Pujols, and uh, Pepin, who's eventually going to do his Instagram bomb that he keeps talking about. <laughs> I think what's happening on that side is you're getting more chatter coming from that end because Devers isn't getting what he wants. That's just my feeling on that. I don't know if that's what it truly is, but I mean, from conversation that I had with two separate people, that's what it feels like. So I'll start with Jamie. What do you, what do you, uh, what's your kind of stance 
with the whole Devers, the beef with the beat writers, <laughs> all that. I think you said it perfectly. I feel like he is frustrated to a degree. Um, and, you know, I think people kind of take for granted the um, Latin American writers just to the point that they've been following these players since they were younger. Um, they probably have a close relationship to, de- to a degree just from following since they were posted. Um, so, you know, I think they might have a little more insider information when he's obviously when he's not in Boston right now and he's kind of more around those guys. Uh, but I think they both have information that's right and that Devers is kind of using that as a leverage tactic because I think he wants to stay in Boston, but he's not, you know, he's going to get the deal that he rightfully deserves. So I feel like this is a little bit of pressure to, on the Sox to kind of up the offer and, you know, give him the deal that he ultimately wants. Nick, what do you, what do you, what, what's your kind of take on it? Since obviously new to recording with us, new to the show, um, where do you stand in this whole saga? I like the points that you came about with both the Dominican side and our beat writer side. And I'm still in the camp of, I can't believe a word out of the Red Sox front office's mouth right now. And I feel truly that Chris Cotillo and Alex Spear and the talking hands of the Red Sox aren't giving the exact information to the fan base. I don't think, I don't think they're being real. I think they're trying to keep things more internal and kind of just speculate and stir the pot here a little bit. I actually stand with the Dominican side here on things. I do. And I feel again, like we just kind of chatted about, it has to do with the connection that there's been, that there's been developed with Devers over the years. I think again, those people that he has that connection with, he's, I don't want to say he's like angry, angry, like screaming mad. He doesn't get what he doesn't have, what he's feels he's earned. But I, I definitely know that there's frustration here. I think that there's a lot of players in this clubhouse for the Red Sox who have absolutely no faith and trust in Heim Bloom. So part of me is saying to myself, yes, it's a make or break off season here for the Red Sox, but what exactly are we going to see here? I mean, you, Chris, just kind of put it out there that what is it going to look like if the Red Sox don't sign Xander Bogarts? What is that going to look like to the fan base? What's that going to look like without Rafi Devers long-term here for the Red Sox? Fans are going to go jump off the Tobin Bridge. <laughs> They're going to go jump off the Tobin Bridge because it's going to be deja vu of what happened with Mookie. And you can say that that wasn't Bloom. He was forced to do that going into that job and everything, but that's on his head. Let's remember that. That is on his head. He was the man in charge. That's right there. But I also think that this off season is an, is going to be an eye opener here for the Sox because I mean, look what you've gotten, look what you got with the Phillies going on right now. You didn't want Dave Dombrowski. You didn't want him. He blew up that precious farm system that we had. It's so wonderful. And he's in the world series now and he's having the last laugh about the whole thing. So I truly do not trust Heim Bloom this off season with the team. I do not want to be negative. I am not a negative type of person. I like to be positive and I like to look for the good. I want to deep down find that good. And hopefully we do have some goods there for the off season, but 
it's one of those things where actions speak louder than words. Go do it. Go do it. So I, here's what, here's what I think what makes it difficult in regards to like, it's funny. Cause like, as from like a fan side of it, just strictly from a fan side of it, we strictly can only go by what we read. Right. Yeah. You only go by what Twitter's pumping out there. Or I think really Twitter is the only area you can go to for like your legitimate, like news from that perspective. Right. Um, in regards to like the socks side of it, like the beat writers, like I do, like my opinion, I think that the Alex Spear comments were ownership motivated. Um, I don't necessarily think the Katia one was, and the only reason I say that is in the amount of time that I've, that I followed him, I've never, I don't think he's ever given us something as a beat writer that's ever kind of let us off the beaten path, so to speak, right? Where you've had to question his integrity. I think Red Sox fans, unfortunately, are acting like a bunch of Karens right now. And they want to, they don't like what they're hearing or seeing. And they're struggling when someone else is saying, hey, this isn't what's happening. So they don't want to believe it. And then completely puts everything in the, the basket of this other guy who I bet you nine out of 10 fans who are on social media right now had no clue who that dude was until he started tweeting. And these are the same people that are following Katio and retweeting and liking and everything else. I just think that the fan base let it play out a little bit still. You know what I mean? I know like the angst is there because people are so concerned and worried about whether or not any of these guys are going to come back. I just, I don't know. I, I guess I got it from a different perspective, just kind of having conversations with, with people and things like that, where it's like calling people's credibility in a question when I don't think those guys have ever done anything to ever have that called only because we're reading tweets that we really don't want to read kind of set a different perspective for me. Now, look, I do agree with you. I like high bloom has to has to win this off season, but he has to win with the fan base. Really? The problem is that there are so many holes that need to be filled. I don't think you're going to fix it all in one off season. Now you can make a good start. You, you re-sign Devers to a long-term deal and then you get bogey squared away. If that's what they want to do. I think you're, you're putting yourself in the good graces of the fan base, which I think what, what the, is what ownership wants. And I'm going to keep saying this because I said on the, the last handful of shows that were recorded, they want people to pay $29.99 a month for Nesson Plus. You're not going to have anybody do that if you're letting Xander Bogarts walk, you're not re-signing Devers, and you're replacing them with Dansby Swanson. Great player, but not the same thing. You know what I mean? Like that's no one that's not putting asses on the couch. Because I'm gonna tell you what, Jared, uh, Jared Kravis is not, you know, pushing the needle for people to spend 30 bucks for Nesson at 360. He's and I mean, like, you need more than that. You need good players. Let me let me ask you guys. I don't, or, uh, you say we talk about Heim winning the offseason. This is one true offseason right here. If say he gets the done done with the deal done with Xander, say you don't, you know, you get close to contract with Devers, and you know there's there's more movement in there than what we've seen already. What do you consider? Do you consider that a win for Heim this offseason, or do you still need more? I, I think. Feel like um, I just, but let's see it. I think for me, 
to consider it a win, you need to get Devers done. I think Devers is the number one priority. Devers has to be that first person to get squared away. Um, <clears throat> I think it's going to come down if you you extend Devers. I think you give if you give Bogarts a fair offer, I, he's it's a take it or leave it. I think when it comes with him, Devers is going to be here longer. Build around him, and then you got to fortify the pitching staff. I mean, to me, I just I just want them to make good smart decisions like you want to bring back rich hill we'll talk about him in a few minutes at like you know four million dollars and you, you want him to be like your bulk guy fine but rich hill and james paxton and michael waka that sort of off season is not enough it's not going to be enough and it's not going to yield a winning solution they need to improve the bullpen i keep reading on twitter about well you know keep you know barnes and schreiber Zach Kelly and 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 German guys like it wasn't good enough last year. It's not going to be good enough for next year. You need to add better arms around those guys. So well, I, I just I want to see him go out and get legitimate baseball players. You have money to do so. I don't want to hear any more about they're not going to spend or it's not my money. I go to like four games a year. It's really not a big deal to me. Spend the money and bring in good players. I'll leave the floor to you guys. Yeah, I agree with, I mean, I agree with Chris on that. Resigning Devers is big, uh, but Bloom needs to bring in some serious arms because, you know, they're going to need a lot of help in the rotation. They're going to need even more help in the bullpen, given what we just watched the past couple months. Um, and it can't just be reclamation projects or guys that, you know, can do the, do the job at like an average level. You need to bring in, a number two guy, some aces, um, you know, Bloom needs to kind of win the clubhouse back by locking up a guy like Devers for the long term and then addressing their biggest area of need um, by being bold and getting guys who are going to come in here and make a difference, you know, from day one and not just kind of be hoping they catch lightning in a bottle and they're one of the great success stories next year. Well, I actually think that as much as Devers is the priority from everything, and I totally agree with you guys on it, I have a funny feeling that we're going to see deja vu this upcoming year, and Bogarts will be here, and then Devers will have to sweat it out to go to free agency, much like Bogarts is doing this year. Why I feel like this way? Because it's evidence. It's evidence that's right in front of you. I mean, we're seeing it right now with uh, just waiting it out with Bogarts, you know, they're taking it all the way up until he reaches that free agency with that contract and anything and went into this season without any kind of deal that went down. So I think that that's something that we might need to think about. Pitching has to be the priority though. Starting, but most importantly, in my eyes, one of the things that frustrated me beyond belief this season, going into the season without a closer, especially after what you went through the following season and not having anybody established in that. He blew 27 games this season. 27. They cut that number in they're, half, and they're probably playing in October. They're, they're playing in the playoffs right now. They're in there. I mean, you have got to be, you got to be on the market for a top-notch closer or find some trade that you can bring somebody in. You know, you hear about the guy from the Mets. Uh, what's his name again that was out there? Edwin yeah, Diaz. Yeah, Diaz. But there's a guy that that's always kind of been on the radar. He had a really good season this year. But look at his past track record. 
I'd be afraid to sign him right now because is this a one-year wonder kind of thing with him? Comes to Boston where there's all kinds of pressure. I know Mets have that too, but Boston's a whole nother level and he crumbles under it. You need somebody that's there that has that star power that gets it done, kind of like Craig Kimbrell was. As much as he was a heart attack and... I still don't know how we won 2018 with him in the end of the game there. Um, you need somebody like that to anchor that bullpen and you don't have it internally. You don't, you don't stop putting Matt Barnes in there. It's not John Schreiber's role. It's not anybody else that's in that bullpen. That's going to, I don't think it's Tanner Houck either. It's not, I, I, it's yeah. not. Witty. It's not. So that's my stance on it. I would really love to see them get Carlos Rendon. But then again, it's a matter of how much money do you have to work with? How much money is it, do you really have? It's not my money. I don't care. You go spend whatever you want. Go sell your yacht, John Henry. I don't care. Go do whatever you got to do to make it happen. They spent to the luxury tax and they finished in last place. I don't want to hear anybody else. I don't want to hear Sox fans. I don't want to hear uh, media about money you spent to the luxury tax and you finished in last place. Yep. So spend to the luxury tax and get good players. And then if you need to go over the, the luxury tax, then you need to go with the luxury tax this year. You need to, this front office and this ownership group needs to stop dicking around. That's what they need to do. They need to stop dicking around and you, you still want to do your stay the course and get the replenishment within the farm system. Fine. Do that. Go find, go, go play with the kids. But at some point, Heim Bloom needs to walk away from the kids' table, sit with the adults, and find okay, who's going to go with Bayo and Mata and be part of this rotation for the future? Because Chris Sale's got two years left. He opted in $55 million. You're, you're hosed there. Excuse me. <coughs> you're, um, you're, you're hosed there. Um, and then after that, I mean, you get Thad Ward that's coming up, you get some other guys, but the Red Sox need to start to find front <coughs> line, top of the line pitching. That should be a priority this, in this off season. And if it means you get to subtract some of the young kids to get who that might be, you know, like an idea that I wanted to float out there. And this is actually now coming to my brain here would be is like, let's just say Xander does walk, right? why not reach out to the Marlins and try to grab jazz Chisholm and Pablo Lopez. You get, you get a starter, you get a guy that can play second base. Again, my concern would be though, is where's the power going to come from. But if you get Devers done and Xander wants to walk and you want to go put that money towards a guy like Aaron judge, and you want to drop in 40 bombs probably next year, at least in your lineup, no one's going to say no to that. Just throwing that out as speculation type thing but we can't be spending to the luxury tax and putting out the same product that we just witnessed. You know what I mean? Like this, this ownership group in this front office needs to reinvest in their fans as much as they need to reinvest in the product that's going to be on the field. Give the fans the confidence They're Clearly they're going to keep going. People are, you know what I mean? Like the only way that this is going to stop is if you stop going, that's not happening. People are still going to go. So now they need to figure out a way for that long-term of it. And again, I'm going to spin it back around to that damn app. It's that, I'm telling you that Nesson 360 to me 
is the is the link to whatever it is that they need to do moving forward because I am not going to watch the Red Sox when I at some point within five years. Ness, you're not you're not going to watch Nesson and Comcast. That's my prediction here. I'm not spending thirty bucks to get Nesson. I will do what I've been doing the last handful of months is I'll just go to Twitter, find the highlight, get excited, go back to what I was doing, and that's a damn shame if that's what's going to end up happening if they're going to have a bad product on the field. I think yeah. Chris has a subscription. Take. I uh, no, I don't have a subscription to Nesson 360. Um, <laughs> no, I, I and I'm not going to get a subscription to Nesson 360. I like I refuse to do so. Sorry again, Jared doesn't push the needle for me to get on there. I'm sorry, just it, it's not it's not doing it for me. You know what I mean? Investor the cowboy talking to Kevin Millar is is not why I'm going to spend thirty bucks a month. You know what I mean? It's not it's, it's not there for me yet. No, I mean I feel like that's a good point, Chris. And you know. A, Earlier in the offseason, Bloom said that this year they would be more willing to deal from the prospect pool or the farm system was built up to a point that they would, you know, entertain that more. Um, and if they're going to make the addition that they've been talking about, you know, Bloom kind of has to do good on that promise just then in the sense that if you're going to be willing to trade those prospects, now the time, you know, now is the time to do it because – I think free agency, it's probably not that deep. Um, so if you want to get those impact guys, it's great that you've built up the farm system, but now you have to be willing to deal from your depth to, you know, get those impact pieces. Oh, Swarbs just hit a home run. And you don't, and they don't need to, I'm not like, they don't need to go and like dump the entire farm system. You can make a trade though and bring in a starter. You know what I mean? Like, and again, I, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're, we are definitely putting the cart way ahead of the horse here. Uh, nothing is even happening. Like we're already, and it sucks, but he put this reputation on himself. Like he, we're literally casting doubt on High and Bloom before he even does anything. Um, but we'll, we'll move off this topic. I want to jump into um, a couple of quick little bullet points here as we start to wind down the show. So uh, JD Martinez, it appears the Red Sox are not going to give him the qualifying offer. Do you agree? And if if not, why? Start with Nick. I do agree. I don't think he's going to be worth the 17 point. Was it 17.6? 19.65. There you go. 19.6, whatever decimal points and stuff it is. He's not. He had a season that you could definitely see the bat speed was not where it was. <clears throat> he definitely was fighting through some nagging injuries and everything, too. He's a year older from it. Yes, he could bounce back 100%, but I would not consider it. Do I bring him back on a different kind of deal? If the price is right, yes. Miggy. Give it to him. We're not going to have a DH next year. We expect to make a run next year. Go ahead and throw him back in there. We saw at the end of the season, he felt like he got his swag back. Give it to him. Hey, hang on. It's swag. What, what's swag? His swag. Where, where's the swag? Because he hit no. two home runs in the last game of the season when <clears throat> he had 14 coming into that. That ain't swag. I mean, that's a seventh of what he had all season in one game. Like, what, what's this little there. swag bag that he had? Because I saw no swag. I um, saw a designated hitter who blew his back out and could never find his power stroke again. Jamie, Jamie, back me up here, Jamie. I mean, I can't. I think it was the right decision <laughs> to not give him the qualifying offer. 
Um, yeah, he had a good stretch in the last month, which was nice to see. That's called Scottish. But it's called. I wouldn't pay him the amount that that qualifying offer was. I mean, Doug, like he had a great run in Boston. That free agency thing worked out as well as it could have um, for both sides. It's just kind of unfortunate that this past year went the way it did. And like, thanks for the memories. And, you know, he did a lot in his time wearing a Red Sox uniform. But, you know, that money could be better spent on a guy who's younger. Um, and if he comes back and has a revenge season, I'm going to love it, be cheering for him. But you can do better by, you know, using that money somewhere else or for his replacement. Let me let me propose an idea to you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with Miggy, right? <laughs> You're saying they're going to they need to get their DH back to contend. Guy hit 16 home runs. You can find 275, 16, and 62 RBI <clears throat> anywhere on the free agent market and at a fraction of the cost. If you want to go with that thinking of in that respect of you can find that, then sign Brandon Drury. And this is why I say sign Brandon Drury. Okay. Or a guy to that nature. I would use the DH going into next year. For example, let's say you sign a guy like Drury. What if you want Story to DH for a handful of games? I mean, he wants to DH two times a week. Now, CA can play second. Drury could play second. If there's a, if there's a, a day you want to have Xander DH, instead of giving him the day off, you can DH him. Arroyo can play there. Are we going to have Arroyo? I think Arroyo, I don't foresee him going anywhere right now, no. Talking about he's going to be off the injury list. What I'm saying, though, is that you can utilize you can utilize the likes of Devers, Xander, Eric Hosmer, Tristan Casas, Trevor Story, just those five guys, just name five, and interchange them around at that DH. Use the DH as their, basically their day off if you want to keep their stick in the lineup to keep them fresh. If you don't feel that there is a true bat that's out there. I say Brandon Drury because I think that Drury can play left field, right field. He can play some infield. He had a really good year this year. Kind of feels like a Red Sox type of player based off of what we've seen the last couple of years. Maybe a smidge better, in my opinion, than like a guy like Christian Arroyo because to your point, he gets hurt a lot. Hasn't shown that he can be fully um, healthy throughout a course of a 162. I'm looking forward to see what he can do playing a buck 40 every, you know, next season, but we'll see what happens there. Again, interchange the name with someone else too. Like I'm not like dying on the hill of, of Brandon Drury, just using it as an example where you can, you can interchange different players at the DH where I don't think you necessarily Please, know Bobby Dahlbeck, please. I, I don't, I think Dahlbeck is, in my opinion, I would move him this off season. Me too. It's, it's going to be hard, but I think, I think they we need some new gum favorite. in the vending machine in the locker room. So I feel stock it up. <laughs> I think what you have going in your favor is that he's 27 still. And it is a power bat. You know what I mean? I, it's a power bat. Mickey, I'm going to give you one other guy. If you want to go the true conventional designated hitter and you want to get that style of bat and you don't want to go with JD Martinez, what about Rowdy Telez? That guy killed the Sox when he was with Toronto. He's a free agent. With the uh, coming off a year with with the Brew Crew, that's a guy that could probably rake at Fenway Park too. Just again, what I would challenge the the Red Sox fans, and I would even say like us as podcast as we go through the off season, is just start thinking of these other random guys and start trying to think like Bloom, because those are the guys that are going to come here. It's going to be the complete most random player, Hunter Renfro. We weren't expecting that. We weren't expecting the Renfro. We weren't just think about some of the moves that he ended up making. Kevin Pillar too, a couple of years back. 
again, feels like a Red Sox type of player, a little bit older now, so it doesn't make sense. That's what I think is going to end up happening. Jamie, October 2nd for next year, put it in the calendar. J.D. Martinez is going to have 41 home runs. Go ahead and mark that down for me. So we yeah, remember. For, the, for the Mets. Um, yeah, for the Mets. Okay. Um, and if that doesn't happen, I want like $80. Okay. Go ahead and just chalk that into your calendar so we can get back to it. It's in my calendar. And and in my phone. I want $80. Um, <laughs> Not like, and no like Venmo tax. We're doing a straight 80 Okay. You got to fly to me I to will, get it in cash. And I will buy you. I will Mail buy you a, a hot dog. All right. A jumbo glizz. All right, moving on. Chris Sale opts into his contract, $55 million owed over the next two seasons. Not a surprise. I would honestly love to see the Red Sox try to trade him and eat a massive portion of that money just to move him because, to be honest with you, you got to pay him either way, and you've paid him the last couple of years to do nothing. What's the difference of him being paid and pitching in St. Louis and getting a piece back? That's just my feeling on it. But will I be cheering for Chris Sale when he's the number four starter? Sure. Um, any any thoughts on the Chris Sale piece, gentlemen? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I you know I would have been I wasn't surprised that he opted in, especially with his injuries lately. You know, who's gonna pay him fifty five million over the next two years? Um, so you know that was smart on his part. And if they could find a trade partner, that would be great. If he can come back, you know, and be kind of a number three guy. We've talked on the pod before how he really isn't the ace anymore you can't rely on him to be that type of pitcher um so i feel like best case scenario he's come back he's healthy he's your can give you two maybe three um you know quality guy on a good day and then depending where they are at mid-season if they're in the playoffs and he's healthy great um they're not in playoff contention and there's a team out there who's willing to eat the rest of that contract you know you have to entertain that as well it's not going to happen, but wishful thinking. Um, <laughs> James Paxton, Red Sox have to make a decision. Do you pick up the two-year option and get him at $26 million, or do you decline it, hope he opts out, and then restructure to an incentive-laden deal? Um, there was a Bo Sox injection article that kind of broke down basically – an incentive leading deal that would escalate up to $10 million, which to me, I thought made a lot of sense. Honestly, I think that they're going to decline it, but it also wouldn't shock me if they picked up the option either. Yeah. I'm in the same, but um, I feel like the incentive deal would be the best way to go, but I could see them hanging on to them just for like that veteran's presence, but I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Chris. I think the problem here with Paxton and with Sale is that you have two guys with such an unknown on what they're going to provide this team for next season. Mm -hmm. That's why for me, I mean, my, I'm keeping the glasses um, half full, I guess, for Chris Sale. It's going to be a shock, I'd say, if he reverts back to his 2017 and early parts of 2018 dominance that he had with the Sox. I mean, that's what we'll, that's what we're going to need. The hope is that it can get to that point. I just, I just, after the past two, three years of how he's been, I mean, there's no evidence right now to say that this is going to be a, a home run slam dunk. I mean, we could see another ball will get smacked off his hand again and gets out and fractures his thumb this time. I mean, the, hopefully the voodoo doll is, is dead and 
we can get a good Chris Sale for 2023. I think Paxton ends up getting a decline. And again, to your point, Chris, the incentive-laden deal, I think he would take because he's got something to prove now. He's got something to prove, you know, and he has a decent track record to back it up. I think that I actually have a little bit more faith in Paxton coming back for 2023 being a nice presence in the rotation than I do at really having any kind of hope right now with Chris Sale. And his injury too, to end his season, that was a lat, wasn't related to his arm. Um, so, and it still appears that the arm is trending in the right way. Uh, in the right direction rather for, uh, for Paxton. Um, I understand the skepticism that fans are going to have, but I think Paxton is going to be that like Michael Walker type. And I mean it in the respect of fans were down on Michael Walker being signed last year to that one year, 7 million and change. Um, they looked at his elevated ERA above five and really kind of criticized that move. And then he ended up going what 11 and one had a really good year. Um, 25 some odd starts another guy that's in line for a decent payday i'd give him three years at 15 per i'd go as high as three and 50 to kind of call it to keep him here i don't know if the Sox do that but i think somebody's going to do that personally but as for as for Paxton, i think once he gets on the mound he starts to he starts to pitch i feel like that's a guy that i think Sox fans are gonna are gonna like once he's around the team more and they can, and they can see him. Cause he's, he has that track record where he's been a relatively good pitcher when he's healthy with Seattle and with New York. Um, last but not least, I uh, want to just quickly talk about Brock Holt announced his retirement uh, from major league baseball, uh, 10 year career played seven seasons with the Red Sox. Um, really kind of like, immersed himself in the city of Boston between the Jimmy fun with his family um, really was kind of that throw in player in the Joel Haranahan trade that Haranahan didn't work out. Oh yeah. I forgot about Rock him. Holt ended up being the player that worked out um, world series champion, just a, a, one of those like lovable figures in Red Sox, um, you know, kind of like history type of thing. So he's going to retire. Do you guys want to see him in the, either the Nesson booth doing like what Yuke's doing in, in Middlebrooks, or do you want to be more of an analyst? I think the Red Sox need him around, but do you think that's what's going, what's going to happen next year? I do, 100%. I hope so. I love his enthusiasm, his energy, his style he brings to the game. It's, I think one of the things that was missed with the Red Sox this year is he was the spark kind of like that Dustin Pedroia spark plug. He kind of got the positive energy. He's going to do something to impact the game. Nesson would be foolish if they do not put him into the broadcast rotation. And I say that because he's already got a, a tremendous track record with fans. Nesson knows they're hurting. They know it. They know that fans absolutely don't like Dave O'Brien. They know that without Remy and now without Eck, they're hurting badly that those two right there. And then still not having Don Orsillo right there is a, is a stab in the heart right there. So if you're going into your season with Dave O'Brien, if he's back, if they make a change, who knows, maybe it's Mike Monaco. Um, I am Monaco, Mike Monaco. I, I would love to see that guy take it. I think he brings a 
very fresh, different person in that booth kind of perspective with energy and great vibe and chemistry. I loved it when he was working with Yuke and Eck. I don't know if you guys got a chance to listen to any of the games that they got a chance to do. It was very, um, it was very few, but they did it more towards the end of the season. I, I love the call. So, uh, Nesson, go go get Brock Holt. Bring him home. Throw him in the Nesson booth. I'll, I'll, I'll spend that money on Nesson Plus. Don't worry, Chris. Well, it doesn't work for you, though, because you have to be within a certain mile range, too. So you're kind of screwed. Fuck, yeah. I'll buy it for you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I like Nick. I like that you brought up Monaco, though. He's a guy that I loved when they had him on during games this season. Um, he's also called college stuff on ESPN, and he's just now it's always like listening to. Um, and I wouldn't mind Holt either. I like this past year how they kind of had different guys come in, whether it's Euclid Gomes, uh, Middlebrooks towards the end. Um, I always like having a former player in the booth just because of the perspective that they give. And I feel like Holt has like the perfect personality um, for that, just with the clubhouse guy he was. Um, during his career. I just feel like Holt gives the Red Sox fans that new kind of like name to latch on to, you know, like with Eck now being gone, um, you know, basically it's something that the Red Sox fan base can kind of latch on to when they go to watch Ness. And I think people like Uke, I think people do like Middlebrooks. I think they see that those guys are trying to, um, you know, perfect their craft, so to speak. Um, within the booth and I think Holt would be a nice little addition um, to the group so any last closing thoughts on this episode before we shut it down um you know it's gonna be a fun off season we have worlds which will be over the next like week and a half and then it's hot stove and then you know spring training is gonna be here fast and it's gonna be a fun just fun to watch all these moves develop and what you know what Heim has cooking, and let Heim cook. You know, maybe we get a crazy trade. I could be down for a crazy trade in a couple of weeks. I could be about it. You know, let's let's kill. Let's go crazy. Let's get Alcantara. Let's get Jazz. Let's get Lopez. Let's just do it all up. Would you guys have anybody untouchable on the Red Sox in a trade? Bayo, Bay would be my only untouchable. Okay. Cassis is very close to that, but. I just feel like with what Bayo showed down the stretch and how they've struggled to develop pitching talent um, and the fact that they need multiple starters, you know, having a guy like Bayo, Bayo season who will be on that rookie deal for the next couple of years is going to be big as they kind of rebuild that rotation going forward. I don't think any, for me, I don't think anybody's untouchable. I think it's how you build your team, right? Mm-hmm. If they go and decide like, all right, we're going to, we're going to, take care of Devers. We're going to take care of bogey. We're going to go crazy. We're going to bring in, I don't know, like a Aaron judge to go along with that because we're fed up with the losing and we really need to, you know, try to do something right by the fan base. Then I think now you're all in. I don't, then at that point you need those young players don't serve a lot of value to you anymore because you've already invested in that money. Mm-hmm. That's when I think you move certain players to continue to add on what you're doing. But kind of knowing what Bloom kind of has done over the last couple of seasons. It doesn't make sense with what I think they're going to do to trade a Brian Bayo. Um, I don't think Cass is in my opinion is untouchable. I mean, if you take a look this season, he's been hurt a handful of times. Um, 
very small, short sample size. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to get onto his metrics from a major league perspective, but he's been hurt a little bit. Hopefully this is just one season where he had the injury bug. Cause sometimes guys get that. They get that one year. We just can't get healthy and you're kind of screwed. Right. He's already banged up now playing um, this fall. So, but is he untouchable to me? No, I, no, he's not. If you're, if you can bring in a legitimate power bat that you're going to have some control over that maybe you can play the outfield or some pitching. If it means you have to trade Chris, Kristen Casas to get like a Sandy Alcantara. Like, I think you just, I think you got to consider it. I think, I think a lot of things need to be on the table. I've learned for me personally, I'm not falling in love with the prospects or the players any longer to like, I'm, I'm at that point in my stage and my age of Red Sox fandom that you can't do that because when you do, you're just left being disappointed because guys like Mookie Betts, they leave that you, that you rooted for and you were excited about and watched him grow throughout the system. So I think you stay the course of what you're doing. And if you're going to move those players, it's because you've made some extreme signings and you need to trade those guys and you need to, you need to bring in some reinforcements to basically be Dombrowski, which is not what they're going to do. Yeah, the minion in the back was distracting me. The who? The minion. Yeah, it's a minion uh, pinata. It was uh, when I, I had it for when I used to work at uh, the biggest sporting goods retailer in uh, America. Um, I was gonna say too on the whole front, the whole front with not falling in love with the players that are there. I mean, if we look back twenty years, twenty years ago when the Red Sox traded Nomar, I mean, Nomar was one of the franchise icons. I mean, that was my childhood growing up. That was the one I idolized, wanted him here forever and ever and ever. In a way, I'm glad that I was so young and learned that players come, players go, players get traded, new things come, new things help to make teams win championships. So the mentality of how that 2004 team kind of translate a lot to me with how all these moves go down and within your organization. So don't, don't fall in love with these players because they could be gone. Like in a snap of your fingers, just like that. I agree. You know, Nomar was, you kind of knew like that had to happen. You knew like that, that train was kind of rolling that way. So you knew that was coming down the pipeline. Um, You know, like for me, what I felt, which is where I started to kind of, change my perspective of falling in love with the players that is that is here was if you think about it in 2004 that was Pedro Martinez's last year with the Red Sox yeah it was him I want him to be with the Red Sox for the rest of his career he's one of my favorite players yeah the Red Sox lose him and Derek Loder for agency do you know who like the three guys that they replaced him with oh Matt Clement David Wells and uh Edgar Renteria and they also but the other pitcher though that they replaced those gentlemen with was John Halama. That's Went right. ERA north of six, and you get DFA after like 35 games with the Red Sox. Yeah. That was tough. Theo Epstein basically pulled a Heim Bloom before Heim Bloom was pulling Heim Bloom. A good point. That that offseason. So there's and they still point. made it, and they still made it. Was that the Chicago White Sox sweep 2005? 2005 yeah. when uh, Tony Graffinino yep. was playing second base second for the base. Red Sox. And it John Olerud was at first was base, there. I think, too, right? Yep. Damn, I'm young. Wow. I am dating myself. 
Yeah, the end of the show made me feel a lot older than I wanted to. So. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Look, I want to do more of these little throwback shows. And I, I think I, I will say before we wrap up, too, one of the most underrated Red Sox team, and just because of that Aaron freaking Boone home run was the 2003 team. That if yeah, you go yeah. back and watch some of those games, I mean, that really brought that was that was crushing. That team was so good. I think they would have steamrolled the Marlins. Yeah. I think it would, they they already had the Marlins number during it the was so good. I loved Todd Walker, and that was when we had Bill Miller back then. Millar came about Ortiz. It was kind of like the birth of 04. And on that note, we're gonna wind the show down. Um taking a walk down memory lane. Please make sure oh. that you head over to Apple Podcasts. Hit the subscribe button for the Obstructive View Red Sox podcast. Also, while you're there, type in Sox Specs. Subscribe to both shows, and you'll get the latest content. The latest episodes of every single show that we record will drop there. While you're at it, head on over to Twitter and go to Obstruct View. Follow the Red Sox podcast that we have. You can also head over to Beyond the Monster. Make sure you're following all the content there. Red Sox, Bruins, Patriot highlights and a bunch of other stuff. Last but not least, click on the link tree that is in the bio. You'll get the links and directory to all of our social media. It's been kind of refined a little bit. So it'll take you to where the podcasts are, YouTube, TikTok, some new YouTube content will be dropping over the course of the next probably 14 days from this show. Now that I have this new MacBook I'm and, and I'm going to get some uh, newer stuff out there. Check out the Josh Winkowski interview. We have a interview coming up with a major league baseball player that will remain unnamed. I like to say him ahead of time in case the player backs out. Um, and make sure you subscribe to the Beyond the Monster Substack. I appreciate every single person though who has subscribed to that. Um, we are getting a very, very substantial following on that. And uh thank God for the Bruins because they're helping us grow that that content. So for the Obstructive View group. Gentlemen, we'll be back very soon with another episode. Again, subscribe. Peace. That's my goal.